Hello, and welcome to episode three of Seasons Within, a podcast about time, music, and emotion. My name is Jesse Bailey, and with me as always is my co-host, Brianna Myers. Brianna, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. How are you? I am very tired. <laughs> uh, it's been a long week. Yes. But I'm sure that that's nothing, uh, that's not a new thing to hear for anyone out there. Every week has been a long week for the last year, yes, at least. Yes, I agree. So, yeah, we feel you, and um, this is my commiseration. <laughs> this is not a pity party. <laughs> uh, so, last episode on Seasons Within, we listened to Concerto Number no. 3, Movement 2, the Adagio Molto from Vivaldi's Autumn uh, from the Four Seasons. And we had sort of talked about how it's kind of a slower piece, and we talked about, you know, using the slower days and the slower times in your life to rest and breathe and relax and gather yourself and come back to who you really are and <clears throat> some ways to do that. You know, we talked about journaling a little bit. We talked about some breathing techniques. Um, we also talked about some local hummus that we think can help center you. You should definitely check out episode two of seasons within there's a lot of good stuff in there um i think my favorite part was the article that we discussed had basically was neuroscientific evidence for you know if you don't get enough sleep your next day is going to be that much more difficult and it it just it felt so validating you know it's like i felt that so much throughout my life and to see somebody go yeah your brain is wired that way it was very reassuring. So, on this episode of Seasons Within, we're going to finish out Vivaldi's Concerto Number no. 3, Autumn, from the Four Seasons, which means that this week we are looking at Movement Number no. 3, the Allegro. It's, uh, it's definitely a different sounding piece. Oh, than yeah. Last month's piece. It's, it's right back to the same spirit of the first piece. Um, so something a little bit different though that we have this week is i i invited a guest commentator to come on uh and listen to this piece with us and just sort of provide his his thoughts um and we we did it in a way that allowed for maximum social distancing and uh maximum guest comfort uh i know that talking about time and emotion and you know how music makes you feel and how it hits you in the heart can be really personal it, it, it can make you feel very vulnerable um so to that end i just i gave our guest leeway to listen to the music on his own time and then send me his thoughts recorded so we'll listen to his entire reaction to the piece and then brie and i will jump in after that but um this week our guest is a very very dear friend of mine wonderful human being possibly i mean i feel like i say this a, about a lot of people that i've met and especially people that i've met through you brie but just the best person right like yeah he is the very nicest, kind most yeah very thoughtful he's kind generous it's any positive adjective that you've ever ascribed to somebody or wished that you could ascribe to yourself is this human being um and he, he's my friend travis birch and i I think that you guys are really going to enjoy what he brings to the table. He's very, everything that Bree just said is 100% accurate. And he doesn't say anything before he thinks. So 
I'm I'm really excited to uh, share a little bit more of Travis Birch with the world while we uh, dive in and share a little bit of Vivaldi with each other. So let's go ahead and take a listen to Concerto Number Three, Movement Number Three, Autumn Allegro. <laughs> So as I listen to Vivaldi's Four Seasons, Autumn, Third Movement, I am very much so reminded of some kind of a gala event or you know, just some kind of a, a ballroom endeavor for people much wealthier than I. 
Um, except I feel kind of separated from the party, like it's something kind of going off in the distance. And I'm kind of left out in the cold, listening to all of these uh, upper-class individuals uh, having fun while I'm not necessarily freezing to death, but definitely not in as comfortable of a position. Maybe I haven't eaten for a while. Uh, so there is a little bit of resentment that even lively songs like this end up providing me with. Um, but then also, I guess that's a little bit tempered with this sense of, am I at the party? No. But... I've actually been in, you know, this party is a thing that happens annually for the last five years in a row. Uh, all of the, the attendees of the party have actually invited me to go. I've refused every year. And last year I finally said, you know, I appreciate the offer, but I'm tired of having this conversation. Next year, maybe just don't ask me. And we can skip this whole ordeal. And so this is the year that they finally decided to not even bother asking and even though they followed with my request, I actually kind of like being invited and saying no. And I think that's what I really want. So I'm left with this general sense of I wouldn't have wanted to go to the party anyway. And even if I was there, I would probably be thinking about all the things I'd rather do. Uh, and even though everything is exactly as I requested it to be, it was their responsibility as decent friends and people to ask me every year and endure me saying, nah, I'm too cool for you people and your gala events or whatever. Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of what it is reminiscent of. Uh, makes me think of resentment towards um, other people coupled with resentment towards myself as it relates to my own silliness. Okay, so first, it, it has to be said, thank you, Travis Birch. I just, I really appreciate you being willing to share that level of vulnerability and honesty with us, because that's not always easy to do. Um, so right away, I think that what comes through the most to me is it's so identifiable, that feeling of, please just don't ask me anymore because I don't want to have to come up with a story to, as to, you know, oh, I would love to, but I have a good reason not to, even though we both know I really just don't feel like it. And, you know, it, how frequently do you actually do that where you go, hey, look, I know it's socially normal to ask me, but please just don't ask so that I can do that. And, you know, having gone through that, knowing that he would feel on the other side, like, well, now they're not even going to ask, even though I said not to ask, like, I know exactly what he's talking about. It, it's it's this simultaneous, you know, railing against protocol and norm and tradition while you crave it and you need the structure that comes from it. Yeah. To, and then to me, that's, it's so human. Yes, I definitely agree. And I have to say, I, I loved when he said, and then I finally go and I'm there and I think of all of the other things I would rather be doing. And I think we do that so often and all the time as humans. It's like, don't invite me. I don't want to go. I know the invitation's coming. This is an annual event. Oh, whatever. 
And then that one time yeah. you finally say yes and you're there and you're in the room. And for, for me, you know, cause I think we've all experienced this, you know, maybe unless yeah. you're really, really, um, extroverted, um, you're yeah. just like, where's the nearest exit and how can I get to it without seeming rude? <laughs> right. I, I have to be, I, I have to be out of this situation immediately, not in a negative way, just in like a, this is no longer beneficial or pleasing to me sort of way. I, I think that it's really interesting, the parallel between that and the way that Vivaldi's piece is kind of like messing with you as far as like, it gives you these little moments of quietness and, you know, somber thinking, but then he jumps relentlessly right back into the positivity. It, it, it's like, nope, everything's bright and sunny and cheery and it's a party, relax, it's okay. So it's like, there's that there's some kind of parallel there between how Travis is feeling with I want this but I don't want this and with how the music seems to give us what we th think we want and then take it away and give us something else like it's it's amazing to me that tr what Travis got from that felt so like vivid like when he's talking about standing outside a high class party <laughs> I'm like I pictured every Disney movie ever, right? Where like the peasant can't go to the to the ball and they're like it's not that they're struggling to survive, it's just that their clothes are dirty and they can't go in looking like that, you know? It's yeah. Like, so I think that there's a couple of different points to to go off of that. And I think that the first one is like I feel like Travis is the solo violin in this. To me, it's like there's like this mm. dance party, everybody is like, you know, because it's this structure that just keeps coming back to that like bouncy gala, you know, and it's it's mm -hmm. all of the strings, it's a harpsichord, they're all playing in unison together. And then like the violin, like the, the first entrance of the violin is like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm here and I'm like, and I'm chilling and you know, it's it's going along with the guests, I guess, you know, which is right. the, other, the other instrumentation. And the second time mm -hmm. the violin comes in, it's like, yeah, I'm here, but, maybe not as much and you you hear it and it just like he starts to like you know kind of get a little bit more like fleety like questionable you know and then by more the, isolated yeah and then like but the third time is like he, he finally like breaks out and like away and like okay like i'm not okay with this and you hear like the dark like tremolos when all the strings you know are going gah, 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 like obviously right right <laughs> i don't sound like a string instrument no that was beautiful <laughs> this is why i play drums and not sing but then by like the fourth like to me by the fourth solo that his entrance or their entrance uh in this case would be travis right it's just completely right. fleeting like get me out of here i don't care what they're doing <laughs> anymore i'm no longer comfortable and so for me it was this deterioration uh what's the word i'm looking for like a slow deterioration yeah. over time yeah and like just breaking away and like yeah i'm cool i'm here and then no and so i think that like to me i i relate travis to the solo violinist in in that right. sense like maybe like, yeah, it is this, like, high high brow, as people can feel sometimes with classical music. Um, but it's not. Like, the people who are playing the music are still human, you know? Right. And they still have insecurities. I mean, Chopin, who, like, wrote these incredible, incredible nocturnes, had stage fright. And I remember, because <laughs> I was getting ready to go do a performance, 
And I read an article and I was like, if this dude had, had stage fright, then like, it's never going to go away for me. And I should just be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And like, right. I, I just think that like this idea of music, classical music is like, oh, they're all in suits. It's all highbrow. It's all like, I can't understand this. I can't relate to this. I'm not, um, and I honestly feel like some people are like, I am not educated enough to be able to understand right. this and in music. And it's like, no, you are. Because music is all about feeling. Well, and it's beautiful and serendipitous to me that you would say that because, I mean, as a person who knows Travis, like, so that we can provide some characterization here, you know, Travis is everything Bree just said, but as a person, he's very um, buttoned down. He dresses very well. You know, he's very professional looking. Um, and he... Is, an, is a wonderful communicator. I mean, as you yes. all just heard, he speaks with an intentionality and he speaks with intention and he speaks with compassion and forethought. And that really comes across. But I mean, I, I, I don't mean to you know, put you on trial here or anything, Travis. You know that I love you, but you're one of the people in my life that is is told me more than once, you know, I'm worried that I'm not good enough for thing X or I'm not, you know, fully understanding thing Y. Here's what I'm thinking it is. How do you understand that thing? And 99% of the time it's like, yeah, that's the exact thing. You have all of the tools. You're 100% equipped to understand this concept or do this thing or enjoy classical music and get something out of it, you know, whatever it is. Like that exact attitude that you're talking about, I have seen in Travis and the beautiful thing about it you're kind of going to go on a journey with us and Travis for this episode. And I'm really excited to share this with you yes. guys. But the beautiful thing about this is that you will see everything we just spoke of illustrated through Travis's story. You can hear in his reaction that he knows that he's not that much different, right? He's, he's like, I'm outside this party, but it's not like I couldn't be in the party. It's just that I'm, I choose not to walk into the room. It is cold out here. It's a little more difficult. I'm not suffering. I'm not, you know, thriving, but I'm fine. I'm existing and everything's cool. But maybe then he starts thinking like, well, maybe I'm not in there because they don't want me in there. Maybe they don't want to invite me. Maybe they're only inviting me because of protocol, you know, and maybe maybe I should just say, hey, don't invite me so that nobody has to worry about it. He's He's a classic overthinker. But it always comes from a place of compassion and wanting to be the most true, loving person that he can be. I mean, and I don't know if he has that as a philosophy, but as a person that knows him, that is how he comes across to me. I would agree with that. Um, and we're going to, like I said, we have more from Travis, and I think that that's going to help illustrate that. Um, what I got from the piece personally was you know, knowing what Travis was thinking about going through it, I was able to picture what he was getting from it. But when I listened to it the first time, I hadn't spoken with him yet so that I could kind of get my own um, feelings about it straightened out and crystallized. And they actually ended up being really similar to Travis's. I, I hadn't given the party metaphor or the imagery was not quite the same, but it was like, you know, this endless positivity. There seems to be like almost a resistance to play negative sounding tones and feelings and but they are there the the music does acknowledge that they're there and that they can affect the rest of the piece 
and that they can change the makeup of the whole thing and specifically that they can actually be really good like if you take the moment to appreciate the air quotes negative parts of the song and the negative feelings you get through the music you're going to come out on the other side of that so much better for the experience and i think that's that's actually probably a really good place for us to reintroduce you to travis we're going to go ahead and play this next piece i asked travis when he was writing this to after he listened to the vivaldi piece you know kind of think back to a time in his life or you know if there's a time current in his life in the same season right for the seasons within podcast so late fall early winter that kind of a thing that's kind of where we're all sitting right now so I just asked him, you know, is there anything that feels transitional like that to you? Is there anything that feels cold, but, you know, with days of warmth and stuff like that? Is there anything like that in your life right now, Travis? And this is what we got back from Travis. For about the last six months, it's felt kind of like staring at a TV, showing nothing but static. Most days feel kind of like some form of a tragic blur, and I do feel like I should be doing something outside of just staring at the staticky television, but I have no idea what that thing would be, or if I should, maybe I'm right where I need to be. It's concerning, but also has a strange sense of being comfortable and familiar. Um, Ever since I had been laid off from my previous job, Uh, I've been trying to do my best to stay positive, keep my chin up, all of that. But I think I underestimated how much of my identity had been wrapped up in uh, my last job. And uh, I've been there for 15 years. All of that had been very familiar to me. I felt successful at what I did there. And when I wasn't working, uh, I felt like I was just nothing. Like it didn't exist and was just barely hanging on to sentience. And if I'm being completely honest, I don't think I've entirely recovered from that. I do have a new job now. And it actually pays a lot better than what my last job did, which is a positive. Um, And there were also a lot of moral issues that I'd had with my last job that I don't feel conflicted with presently. And it's nice to have that behind me. But there still seems to be some kind of a crisis associated with identity that I'm trying to grapple with, I suppose. Because although it makes sense to me that my new job doesn't jive with me quite as well as my last job did, since I basically went from one job having 15 years experience, once again, to a job where I have about four months of experience and I have this irrational expectation for me to have the same grasp in both areas. And a part of the resolve uh, in the aftermath of this is uh, every day that I work, I basically can only see how much farther I have to go and base areas where I struggle compared to my coworkers who have been there for you know longer and they make all of it look so easy. So Every day at work feels like a different kind of fail to me. Um, And then on the days when I'm not working, I 
basically go back to where I was after I'd been laid off and feeling like I'm, you know, nothing, nobody, in the barely sentient headspace. I am grateful that I can live on my own again. But one of the downsides there is I have plenty of time to stew in this negative space that I've found myself in. And whereas being alone used to be kind of how I'd recharge and repair my mental state, now I feel like it's when I kind of pursue, not madness, but a general malaise, I suppose. And due to the nature of, you know, different people being quarantined and trying to adhere to social distancing, especially as it relates to people that I care about, of course, um, a lot of the people that I guess I probably relied on for my happiness more so than what I wanted to admit, I no longer have access to them uh, with the same degree of frequency, and I'm just kind of left to my own problematic devices. Which feels kind of like, I guess, watching a toilet flush in slow motion. I've never actually seen what that looks like, but I might have to look up a YouTube video for that now. Who knows, it could be therapeutic. But, on the flip side, um, I do feel like I'm kind of in the middle of a transition currently. Where there's the I can do it statement. And previously it was a question and I still feel like it is a question a little bit but I feel like I'm getting ready to turn that question mark at the end of it into a period um, and I am confident I guess that I can find that can do attitude again even if I'm not there yet there's a kids show series that I just recently finished watching I guess there's two of them actually that both had some uplifting messages. Uh, one of them was about dealing with loss and essentially this feeling that even though the moment has passed, that moment is still in existence and it still happened, um, which is strangely deeply reassuring. And then the last show that I watched had a segment that um, had this illusionary sense that it was written just for me in that moment. Uh, but the main character was in the situation or the end of the series where they had this new enemy to face and they just feel incredibly weak as they're reviewing what they endured through the last several seasons. And in the viewer's eyes, the person kicked ass, they were great. But in this individual, uh, individual's eyes, all she saw were her struggles and all of her failures and... She basically ends up meeting with a series of different gurus to try to figure out what's wrong with her. And one piece of advice that I've tried to apply to myself is you can't really face your new enemies if you're constantly spending energy reliving old battles. Recognize that you experienced pain and fear and then let it go. Uh... I don't think they're trying to insinuate that you should learn from your mistakes, but it did seem very appropriate as I've spent a lot of time reliving different mournful moments from my previous job. Uh, I think in an attempt to avoid those kinds of conflicts at my new job, 
and that's another thing that's created negative uh, space for me is I'm taking a lot of the positive memories that I had of my last job and turning them negative and then also focusing just on the negative that I'm going through presently uh, and I do suspect that there are positive things you know I plenty of positive things associated with my new job everyone's been incredibly supportive they're as far as I'm aware all significantly better at me at what we do but they're not really withholding information uh, I haven't had a single negative interaction since I've been there people go out of their way to try to make me feel included and I'm essentially getting paid to work out three days a week which is awesome and I guess I'm trying to temper the natural negative gravity that I'm experiencing. I wonder how many times I can say negative. <laughs> but I'm trying to combat it uh, by focusing on the small things that are going well. Even if they're smaller, they seem small. There's still a lot of wonderful things, like there's a board game that I played recently by myself which it's been a while since I've played a board game by myself, but the game went well. It felt lonely for about the first five minutes, but then the other two hours were every bit as enthralling as what I was hoping they would be. And even though it was just in a simulation of reality, uh, I was in a situation where I was by myself and I was able to figure a thing out. I wasn't relying on other people to teach me how to go through it or relying on their ideas. I really enjoy cooperation, but I do periodically have concerns that I like to play games with other people in a cooperative setting because I'm incapable of playing those games by myself. But uh, another big one for me is my niece. I've been kind of blown away by how impactful my sister just sending me a video of my niece doing something that I'm sure is typical baby behavior has been. As there have been several circumstances where I've been feeling lousy at work, go to break, get a video from my sister, and I'm suddenly in a good mood. Even if it only lasts for, you know, maybe 15 or 20 minutes, I'm still giddy getting to watch her grow. And kind of daydreaming about what kind of wonderful person, hopefully, um, she will become over the years. And now that I'm 36, I'm kind of feeling that maybe it's time I learned how to cook food for myself. Might be a little overdue, but I am excited about the notion of trying to learn something new and getting to experiment and see what I can do. But outside of all of that, life is miserable, so what's the point, right? I guess I'm putting forth efforts to try to cherish what wonderful things I have in my life, and when I take the time to look, I do think I have plenty of things worth cherishing. Thank you. I love him. So, first and foremost, let me just assure everybody, Travis is totally fine. He's 100% <laughs> happy and healthy yes. and alive and kicking. Um, I, I actually just very recently spoke with Travis again and you guys I mean I, maybe you will be as elated as I was to hear this but he was he, I guess he was at work and uh, a big wig was you know walking down a corridor toward him and he was 
having moments of panic like okay here it comes this is where they go you're fired sorry good good job way to try and uh he was essentially told his entire department is underperforming except him and one other guy are the top performers and they're gonna attempt to make everybody else work in a similar way to the to the way that he and this other guy worked and it was just like it was so rewarding for me because i've known travis you know a few years now and it's it's like i know that he has all of the tools i know that he has the right heart he has the right mind he has everything needed and he he just you know i mean as we are all guilty of of course he just has trouble seeing it in himself sometimes and i just it's important to me that nobody is worried about travis because he is totally fine Um, but like i said he's very thoughtful and intentional and he uh, is willing to be vulnerable so i want to thank him again for sharing all that with us um what what's your first reaction to the, to the headspace that travis is finding himself in brie uh i think it's relatable like just like the dance you know we've all been there i i feel like the the whole time i was listening to him um it was just the struggle like mm. you know which i think we've all f- especially felt during covid of like I'm staring at a wall. I'm still like right. staring at a wall. Okay, well, what should I be doing? There's nothing else to do, right. you know. And then, but it it kind of just like feels like that that continues in other ways throughout the rest of his, you know, his um, little excerpt there of just like there's these yeah. things that are happening that are you know, questionable and like maybe some like negative thoughts come in and you start to like, you know, he's doubting himself. He's not sure he's struggling, but he's like, but I have this thing and this thing is awesome. And this thing is positive, but I'm still staring Mm -hmm. at a wall. And so it's kind of, it was, you know, it definitely moved me. It's like, yeah, I can, I've, I've been there. I can can feel that. So, yes. I, what I immediately thought was, oh, work is Travis's party. Work is the party that he's standing on the, just the other side of that mm. window. He he knows what they're doing. He knows how to do it. He just feels like maybe they're a little bit better at it than he is. And that's maybe why he's, you know, on the outside of that window instead of in that party. Um, and that fits with what you were saying, you know, staring at a wall. Maybe the wall is not having a job. Or maybe the wall is, you know, making sure you have enough money for rent this month like maybe maybe your party is finding a creative outlet so that you don't go insane you know everybody's going to have a different party that they feel like they're just on the other side of the window of um but it i i think that it's really encouraging and beautiful to see that travis can see that whole situation and feel all the emotions even the the hurtful ones and still know on the other side of this there's more and I think the thing that's really admirable about that that piece in particular that he shared with us is that he's not going, you know, well, all these circumstances are awful, so it's not my fault. And yeah. I guess I'll just not do anything, which would be perfectly understandable. I'm not saying it would be excusable, but it would be understandable. Well, and like, you know, and so he w- for him to look at his circumstances and go, I can't control thing X, Y, and Z, but... I can take responsibility for thing A, B, and C, 
and move forward in that direction. Yes. So it's like he, he's not letting the overwhelming nature of reality get to him, which is, I mean, that's a skill that everybody needs, right? So however you do it, if it's board games, like playing board games by yourself isn't something that I would have ever considered as an option until I met Travis. And then I played board games with him and I was like, oh, there are, there are board games for everyone. Like there really are. Yeah. It's like a video game, right? You, whatever your interest is, there is a video game out there that will be the perfect for you or a book or a movie or a, a song, you know, for example. So it's, it's really, really inspiring to me and refreshing to see somebody going, yeah, everything is rough right now, but that doesn't mean that I have to like give up or curl up in a ball, even though I might feel like yeah. doing that. I'm not going to, you know, it's, 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 I just, I'm, thank you so much for sharing that with us, Travis. It's so relatable. And, you know, that, just that feeling of trying and struggling, like you were saying, Brie, that constant struggle, the way that he was talking about that feeling mirrored that constant struggle in Vivaldi's piece of the violin to break away and break through and be heard and, you know, have its moments and things and have the time to breathe and stuff and it, it was just it's it's a little bit mind-blowing to me that everything travis said lined up so perfectly with what i was getting from the music yeah. and with you know the structure of it and the way that it just feels on a on a cursory listen it's like either that was written for travis <laughs> or that was written for all humans right yeah it was written as a human piece of communication and for Travis in you know the piece was recorded in late 2020 so for him in late 2020 to feel exactly the prescribed feelings that Vivaldi put in his piece is I don't know what the word is for that but it's it's inspiring to me honestly and I think it shows really well that classical music has space even now you know there's something about it that's like yeah, I'm not used to it, and it's not something that's part of my everyday life, but there's something to be gained and something to be experienced with it. There is some value in there. Even for people that aren't classical musicians like yourself, you know, it's like there really is value there. Yeah, I mean, there's value in all music. It's just how it makes you feel. It's all it really comes down to. It doesn't... Time, yeah. emotion, and music. How does it make you feel for how long when you listen to it? So Travis is definitely, I mean, that's, <clears throat> that's a headspace that we've all been in, right? You, you've, you've got a new change, you're in a new place, and you want to contribute, you want to be as effective as you're used to being. But just by virtue of the change itself, you can't do that. You, you just don't have the same rhythm, you don't have the same timing, you don't have the same experience, you know, to back you up for all that stuff. Um, my wife actually went through the exact same thing that Travis just went through, where she went from a job that she'd had for more than 10 years to a new position. And then she would come home and just, she'd be like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not living up to my standards. Like I'm not, I don't feel like I'm accomplishing enough in a day. And I was like, well, you've been there for three days <laughs> you know like what do you expect you're not going to be immediately 10 plus years level of productive um so 
in that in that moment of trying to figure out you know why are they looking at this from a i should be succeeding standpoint and not from a i'm brand new at this i need to cut myself some slack standpoint this article it's actually more of a reddit post with like several articles linked into it popped up in my feed and it was posted by reddit user led and we'll link to it in the show notes uh, but it's basically it, she's just talking about how reframing in your own head in your own story can really help your headspace you know if you're feeling ineffective or you're feeling stuck or you're feeling like you're up against a wall then you can reframe that in a in a way that's not necessarily more positive but just more forgiving right it, you know it's not saying none of this stuff is my fault it's saying okay i need to take a step outside myself i need to distance myself from myself and say if i were looking at somebody else in this position how would i what advice would i give them i would say relax you know it's been three days you haven't been there for 10 years and they're they would, then they would go oh that does kind of help me reframe how i'm looking at this problem so it this post and this article are you know talking about how to self-distance how to because when stuff happens to us we take it personally right and this past year in particular we've been social distancing which is stay away from other people and that kind of leaves you only with yourself so how do you get away from yourself if that's all you have you know it's 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 a difficult thing but have you ever had um an experience like that brie where you're like okay I think I have all the tools, I'm ready to step into this and just knock it out of the park and then you completely fell flat? Oh, like all the time, um, <laughs> all the time. And I think as far as like reframing goes, I have a tendency to be more pessimistic about situations and I, and I know that about myself and I admit it. Um, and I think having the ability to reframe something in your head is one of the most difficult but useful tools to learn as mm. you grow and you know it's interesting i've never actually heard that term self-distancing before and that is really interesting to me because it's it's so true like you you are living the majority of your life with yourself in your head um so how do you make sure that while you're there it's a good experience and so I think that that reframing right. and that self-distancing is actually really important. And, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to where I have, like, incredible friends that, you know, mm. put up with me and help me reframe yeah. <laughs> and help me reframe these things. You know, in our last podcast, um, in our last episode, I had mentioned, you know, one of my friends was like, you know, if your mind's moving, your body should move. Go for a walk. And that helped. And this is the same mm. person who literally just yesterday, you know, I was like frustrated with something at work and I was of course complaining to her cause poor thing. I complained to her about everything <laughs> and she was like, yeah, but like, think of it like this. And I was like, oh, she's, she's completely right. Like, you know, mm. just, just changing the way that you think about something can really, really help you just like function as a person. You know, and I get like frustrated because I feel like some people are just like 
just like make it like a positive like experience like yoga right. and meditate and like whatever and it's like i feel like that's different than than reframing right. exactly that's that's the next thing i okay. was gonna say is it's not it's not telling yourself lies it's <laughs> it's not everything is sunshine <laughs> and rainbows and and the, the the point i was gonna make with it is you have to be like you said you are truly lucky and that you have a very deep support network and a very wide support network of people that can say you know based on how i know you to be and how you know the things that i think you are working toward here's what i think you should do um but that is something like you're saying that you do have to be careful with because there is a line there, there's a line where it's telling yourself lies and that's not helpful but there's also a line with letting others reframe for you right because i mean that's that's a a classic gaslighting tactic right to go hey i'm i'm really upset with you because you've done terrible thing x and then the person you've just said that to goes oh i actually didn't do terrible thing x what i actually did if you really think about it was positive thing y and it's like okay so reframing can be used for good or it can be used for evil, right? Just like any other tool. Um, Travis and I actually entirely independent of this show and of this particular conversation, Travis and I have had many conversations about the benefits and more frequently the dangers of reframing. Mm. Um, it's a thing you'll run into. I mean, it's a thing everybody runs into. You run into it at work. You run into it at school you run into it in your personal yeah, relationships it's just like you can't let these people dismiss or invalidate your feelings about right. the situation it's about right support and like hey maybe there's another way you can think of this not saying what you're thinking is invalid but here's an here's another way you can think of this that might be more productive i think is is the difference between those two Exactly. And I think that the through line there, the key is, you know, whether it's you changing the, the story for yourself or asking people that you trust to help change the story for yourself, the through line is there that you are in charge of what that goal is, you know, what that image of trust and truth is for you, right? So you, you have to maintain that yes if when you're especially when you're i mean just in your day-to-day -day life you have to maintain that you know but it, it's you know the smallest thing that somebody says could influence you because you're you're going oh maybe i did have the wrong frame here so part of it is having the confidence and the trust in yourself that you know what your frame looks like right even if you if you, if you didn't pick the right one and you don't know how to reframe it trust that you know how it feels and what it looks like yes and then you can go from there that but as well as i mean this like kind of draws into like a whole other conversation that we could go into but also just knowing that the people that you have in your life you can also mm. trust and rely on right and that's also right. critical exactly. because sometimes you know like i mean the mind is just such a complex entity for lack of a better word right that sometimes you just get lost in these places and you're and you're not even sure where yourself is existing and so you you do need to make sure that you have those people in your life that you can 
trust so that when you are in those moments and in that those times you're like i know that this yeah. person will not gaslight me and that this person will tell me yeah. what i do need to hear to help myself you know and so like yeah right. like obviously mm -hmm. like you can't just rely on other people all the time but when you do need them that's i mean they're your friends that's what they're there for right and like you said, that it has to be people that you trust. Yes. And it has to be, I think it has to be people that you trust to sort of understand the way that you think, right? Like maybe people you've had conversations with that about, like you and I have had talks where you're like, so usually if I get a piece of information, I interpret it this way and then I think this way about it until I react about it, you know? So it's like, I can use that when you tell me, hey, I'm feeling really this way. I can go, oh, did you, did thing X happen? And you're like, yeah, why? Because that's the thing. You always say that thing happens and then you're upset about it. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's it's very, it, so yeah, it has to be people that you trust deeply. But as long as that's there, I think it's ultra important. And like you were saying, it can be really hard to do it for yourself because it is, it is personal. You know, it's, it's. Well, you're vulnerable in those it's moments. It's some kind of. Right. And it's it's a level of vulnerability that you have to have with yourself. Right. Which is an interesting dichotomy because I'm also standing here saying be confident in knowing your frame. But you ha I mean, you've got to be confident even when you're not feeling that. So like you have to be able to be confidently unconfident. Right. Like yeah. Yeah, I, I know that I'm not feeling good right now and I'm 100 percent sure that that's true. So <laughs> I'm going to call that confidence in the fact that I don't have any, yeah. you know, it's, it's like that, that, um, practic the practicality that we were talking about in episode two or episode one, actually, you know, uh, practical optimism, like yeah. just, just try to assume that things will mostly be okay and you may get there, you know? Um, and just, just, yeah, I, I really appreciate um, having this conversation with more than one of my friends because it shows me that there is, you know, not just because somebody posted some articles about it, but it shows me that there's some truth to it, some actual, you know, real life application to it. Yeah. And it's good to see those things backed up like, like we did with our last article in the last episode. It was like, you know, I've gone through feeling really fried from no sleep. Well, Here's the science behind yes. that. It's not even on you. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, it's not to say don't take responsibility for your circumstances, but I think the easiest way to boil it all down is cut yourself some slack <laughs> and, and know when to reach out and ask for help. Yes, definitely. I mean, life is, I remember one time I was having a really, really difficult time with something. Like it was like a really bad period of my life and I like called my mom and I was crying and I was on the phone and she's like you know Brianna everything in life is a season like everything that happens everything is just ebb and flow like you're gonna have good seasons mm -hmm. and you're gonna have bad seasons and that's what it is it's just like life is just this transition from one season to the next and like when we think of seasons you know we think of like fall, winter, summer, spring, but like seasons can be short, you know, season can be the yeah. beginning of a new job like Travis or, you, you yep. know, like whatever it can be a day. It can be a month, a week, 
a season is just a transitional period and like nothing in life is a is a straight incline or a straight decline right like if you were to look at life on a graph it would just constantly be a wave sometimes the waves are bigger sometimes the waves are smaller shorter wider you know like it's just but it's never a straight yeah. line <laughs> it's never a straight line so despite there being no straight lines we are going to attempt to draw a direct connection between two human experiences we have my friend Travis, I mean, obviously Travis is friends with Bree too, but I, I met Travis first. So um, I thought, you know, it only would really make sense to invite um, one of Bree's friends on as well. Um, the benefit, of course, there being that Bree is friends with a ton of musicians. And what more appropriate guest could we have on a show about time, emotion, and music than another musician? So... I'd like to introduce everybody to Allison Wheeler. Allison has a new single, which you are going to hear momentarily. And you can find all of Allison's contact and distribution information so that you know where to get a hold of her music in the show notes for this episode. So let's go ahead and get into the interview with Allison. Which, but I'll probably also put it on streaming platforms. Um, I might make a few like special hard copy editions just like burn them myself and make oh that'd be cool for it or yeah something. that would be really cool an actual yeah. so physical one yeah. Yeah. yeah i'm all for the physical <laughs> physical uh what is it called product but um it's so, also i don't know the post office stuff here yeah. is Oh, that's, so, okay that's it's like New yeah York, you don't want to be dealing with <laughs> customs <laughs> yeah it was kind of like that when I was in Scotland. The The post was pretty bad there, too. Yeah. So like you said you're still kind of experimenting with your sound and finding, you know, that voice and things like that. So is this y a new project or is this your first musical endeavor? Or is this, I mean, Brie knows your musical history, but the rest of us, we don't know anything about your musical history. Is this mm -hmm. is this your first foray into the world and you've always wanted to step in? Or is this just your latest thing that you're like, okay, I'm going to do something now because I'm stuck in a box? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> it's, it's the first recorded something that I have that's outside of like school stuff. Oh, very cool. Um, so I'm only what, like three years out of? school two years out of school i don't what is time yeah um, well yeah so last year doesn't count <laughs> yeah last year doesn't count there hasn't been a lot of time for that um you know for my like growth outside of school yet but yeah this i guess is my first sort of project we have we have a like quartet here in prague and we're gonna we're recording it well we will be recording a cd also right. but that's like separate and this is faster so very cool does that answer your question <laughs> i yes. good enough for yeah. me i mean it's it's okay. your yeah it's your work i'm i'm just here to ask about how to get to it and where it came yeah. from really um, so go ahead brie uh so what is the song that uh people will be hearing on the podcast today yes um it's called who i was and i wrote it actually when i was living in colorado it's one of the first oh, nice like songs i actually didn't 
hate well there's always the balance between you know hating what you create and mm. being fine with it um <laughs> but yeah i think i don't know my like second or third year of school there and of course now i'm years later finally taking the time to to record it but that's if, if um. i may it seems like uh, just from the title of that song allison it feels like uh you're the absolute perfect guest for this episode i mean you've you've clearly already demonstrated that anyway but you have a song who i was i mean that sounds Transition. trans transitional yeah it's and you wrote it when you were living somewhere else we're hearing it when you're living in a new place i mean <clears throat> if that's not serendipity i don't know what is um is there exactly. I, is that what was going into that song was it a was it sort of that transitional period when you were writing it it was yeah i mean a different transitional period um which is actually sort of hard to be recording it now because mm. it's like such a different like i don't feel like that person anymore you um, were in the headspace totally get that yeah mm -hmm. um, and that's actually sort of what has spurred me on to get going with this ep like another sort of thing to make me do it because all these songs like i i don't really relate to them anymore but it's right. like they've been cooking inside of me and like now they're festering and i need <laughs> to like get them, get out. them out i got this Isn't like weight you know <laughs> Isn't that a strange yeah. sense of obligation when you're creating something like it's there and I know that it's done and it it's it's not it's not what I would make now but I owe it to the person that made it to put it out like mm -hmm. <clears throat> even if you look back at something you made and you're like it could be better or there's something I don't like about it you still feel this sense of like but the version of me that made that deserves to have it shared it's mm -hmm. this weird battle like you were saying earlier you know you feel one way like i feel like i'm just a vocalist but i'm actually this wonderful musician in a in a lot of avenues and it's like <clears throat> i feel like i'm this artist now but that artist still was there and still did the work mm -hmm. you know so let's let it shine i trust yeah. me i mean just on this in the three episodes of this podcast that brie and i have done we you know a hundred percent what you're talking about finding finding the identity is it's like, weird <laughs> oh man yeah i think it also like oh, go sorry. ahead i think it also has like maybe that's why i'm sort of questioning my sound um because it's like these songs i i would just make them differently now and so i'm like fighting i have no idea you know how the original way i conceptualized it um should fit into like who i am as a musician now so it's like i'm still experimenting you yeah. worried that you're not offering authenticity to the mm. song because yeah, you, totally. you it's you're not in that same spot yeah I, I know what you mean but i i really appreciate you sharing that with us because i think that that's a of an experience and a feeling that any creative person has um and i have a feeling that when people hear this music they're going to be like i have no idea what allison is worried about i have no idea why yeah. allison D isn't you know singing this i'm from excited the top of a for building. it like i keep so. i keep checking the page to see if it's out you guys will love it i promise so so it's yeah so it, i i really appreciate you sharing that level level of vulnerability with us because i 
I know musicians and I know creative types and bearing the process for a lot of these people it, it myself included is kind of like just pulling your heart out of your chest and holding it up to somebody's face and going good enough like do you is this like, it's really terrifying. Is my <laughs> well, you know, I mean, conceptually, like, <clears throat> is the soul of who I am is that, you know, satisfying? You know, putting this art out here. So, uh, thank you, thank you for for being willing to share that it's not, you know, yeah, I cut this track and I cut that track and I'm pretty much a professional and you know, <sighs> I just drop yeah, music no left and right whenever I feel like it because it's I, I've I've spoke with those people I wish too I had that and it's like well and, <laughs> and that's no, and that's all it is right no, you don't, it's all bravado <laughs> well it's all bravado because even if they say that and it appears that way from the outside we know that it isn't like that yeah. they're in the studio crying and pulling their hair out and you know mm. wanting to kill their bandmates so Alice and I have been there together <laughs> yes. in, in this studio like oh my god um <laughs> So let's just leave that at, I have lived with Brianna, so I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I love her dearly to the ends of the earth. And me too. <laughs> we all love each other. Yay. Now come back to Colorado so we can make music together. <laughs> yes, once the travel ban, you know, yeah. doesn't exist. Oh no. my gosh, yeah. yeah, right? Crazy. Well, let's... If we can, let's just go ahead and take this opportunity because I don't want to build it up anymore. I know, Allison, if I were you, I'd be like, stop talking about it. Just play it. And, <laughs> um, so, so let's go ahead. Um, this song is, Allison, you know what? I'm going to let you introduce this song. Cool. So this is my first single off my new project. The project's called Al Went Swimming and the song's called Who I Was. Again, I wrote it back in... Colorado a few years ago.
Wow. Okay, so if, if you ever needed yeah, more evidence it. that ar artists will always be their own harshest critics, I mean, Allison, that is that is beautiful. Thank you. I don't know. It's like I, if there's like another word for beautiful that exists, I don't know what it is, but that's what that I, was. It's like there's beautiful, and then there's like this other level that's what you have transcended beautiful. Yeah. I, and I wish you could see that and give yourself that credit because that's... I'm usually the one to yeah. pull all of those words. Um, I don't... I, I just don't have them right now. I, I was... I'm not... I was not expecting to play a single from a guest and then suddenly feel very emotional about my whole life. So, I, I thank you a lot. I mean, mm. that was... I just... it. <laughs> you have there's a quality to your voice that is uh ethereal and yes it's it's like Bree said it's transcending it there's this you can hear the simultaneous optimism and the grieving and you know I'm, I'm changing who I was and that person deserves to be remembered but the person I am now is what is what I'm going to be going forward and it for for me it, it hit me really hard um as a dad because you know i was like immediately was like yeah i remember everything changing over the course of 45 seconds in a delivery room for mm. me and it was like mm. i was like my whole entire life up to this point is over now and i am not sad about that at all i'm, I'm impossibly grateful 
you know, that I got to have that, but that I also get to have this next just impossibly beautifully bright, warm part of my life. And I, I sort of doubt that you wrote that song from the perspective of a new father, but it speaks to <laughs> the universality of music and, yeah. and just mm. that theme of time and emotion and music, man. They hit you whenever they feel like it, and it is not up to yep. you when those three things converge. So I'm... Please do not stop. Like, please just yeah. keep... I know it's so hard right now, but, like, I want everybody in the world to hear your music, and I think I've always felt that way from, like, the first time we, you know, we did a project together, and... I just I know it's like easy to, to doubt ourselves as musicians, but you have something that not everybody has. And I hope that through the struggles that you have right now, you know, I I, I remember we were at a coffee shop at John Galt mm. in Greeley and we had a discussion and you were like, so um, I don't know if nervous is a word, but you were like stressed about whether you could make Prague happen because that was your dream. And you did. You ended up making it happen, and now you're making this happen. And so just to be proud of yourself in those moments because you, everything that you've wanted to do, you have made happen this far, whether it's always been positive or, or not or the struggle that you've overcome with it. And, like, this project, I think people need to hear it, and I hope that you continue to do it. And I'm like, now I'm getting emotional, but I hope that you <laughs> <laughs> just do it. <laughs> just do it because you're, every, every art project that you've had and that you've done and that I've seen and that I've you know, witnessed, is, it's always like so heartfelt and so intentional. And I think a lot of musicians lose intentionality when they're trying to create something. And so just keep doing it, please. Even if you had to take like a month a month break and reset yourself, there's nothing wrong with that. But just keep putting your music and your art out there for everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That means I don't know what to say. <laughs> everything. You don't have to say anything. It's okay. <laughs> and you, you really have given us the same thing that you're feeling right now. We yes. don't, you know, we're... We love doing this show. You know, Seasons Within for Brie and I is the easiest, safest way mm -hmm. for us to connect right now and spend some time together and, you know, work through our feelings and kind of, you know, talk about our days and stuff like that. So it's for, for, for you to be able to just slide seamlessly into all of our themes and all of our discussion and then to provide just this paragon of an example of creative will and understanding of emotion and the way that you weaved all of your experiences and your feelings and just who you are into that music is it floors me i mean we were what we listened to that song for three minutes and now all three of us are crying <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, and i don't cry neither do i and, <laughs> and that's not a lot at all and i'm impossibly grateful for that opportunity i mean yeah you know to to meet somebody for the first time and then share something that true and raw with them 
and to experience it in a way that feels relatable I just thank you thank you for that experience I mean I'm not I'm not a musician you you know so I'm, I'm not I can't just hand out things to make people's day so I just it blows my mind that you guys have access to this core of of love and energy and creativity that shows itself this way it's it's she Bree is a hundred percent right that you have something that needs to be shared with the world and I want to tell you I am so grateful that we get to share some of you with the world that if nothing else comes from this episode of this podcast if you don't you know learn from the article and figure out okay here's how I can stay focused and reframe of my situation so that I don't go insane if you don't take you know, oh, I can really appreciate Vivaldi now because I understand where he was coming from. If you don't take any of that mm-hmm. from this episode, what you do take from this episode is how do I get more Allison Wheeler in my yes. ears? <laughs> then I don't think that we've failed. That's just me. Thank you so much, Allison. Thank you so <laughs> thank you. much. Yes, thank you. This has been I'm I'm overwhelmed. We should probably end the show because it's gonna devolve. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna devolve into just a, now a we're mess. Just losing so, yeah. it. Um, <laughs> it struck me just how amazingly well aligned Travis's headspace was in an explicit way with the headspace that Allison oh was God, in writing her song but in an implicit way like she you know when we talked to her about it she's she's like thinking she was saying I didn't even realize that I was in a transitional headspace until you guys started talking to me about transitions you know and reframing and stuff like that and it's just it's so crazy that those two vastly different stories that were told very far apart in time um you can't tell because it's all in, in one episode but would be so similar and and have such similar details and outcomes but isn't that interesting because that's what i feel is like so beautiful about humans right is like once again we're we're existing in our own head and in our own space and in our own time and we're not self-distancing with ourselves. and so we think because we do see ourselves the most out of anybody that I think a lot of times we feel like we're the only person having these thoughts and existing in these times, right? right? Yeah. And and it's like we're talking to somebody from Loveland, Colorado and somebody in Prague at two different times to like, you know, completely like so far apart. You know, it literally yeah. takes over a day in to, so many ways. Yeah. And it's like we're all human. We are all connected and we all have these, these thoughts and these feelings. And it's like, why, why does it feel so lonely then? Like, why do we, why do we feel so alone? I can tell you it's because, I mean, I'm sure you've heard it said before, perception is reality, right? Yeah. So the only perception really that you have true, unfettered access to is yours so you know how how you take the world in feels like it has to be true because otherwise i mean 
you know, when you start looking into the science of uh, how much of the image of what you see in front of you is just filled in by your brain, right? That trips you, me out. And you start learning about how, you know, you're not actually seeing colors in your peripheral vision. Your mind just remembers that, you know, sort of. It's like when you start getting into that stuff, you go, okay, maybe the simulation theory is real <laughs> and maybe, you know, experience is not truth and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. But those things aren't necessarily scary they're just interesting yes i could see i could see where it'd be tempting to be afraid of them but it's it's just like i think it all boils back down to the same point though which is you're just gonna have to subjectively experience this and attempt to share that with other people and it's beautiful (laughs) and it it really it really is beautiful like i feel like between you me travis and allison this past week i have i have felt like a new connection um mm. with with these people that i've never had before you know and it's all based on an yeah. experience that we thought we were experiencing alone that we all had together and i think that that's right. that's very beautiful well and we you know it not to lift the curtain too much or anything but the way that we do our show is based on a feeling that we have you know it's it's the show is about time and music and emotion and we had the music set you know we picked Vivaldi and we're like decided we're gonna do this piece and then we'll see what we're gonna do next yeah which is still in the works um but we're gonna use it to explore time and emotion you know we use the one thing to explore the other two things so over the time you know we we got some interviews with Travis, we got an interview with Allison, we spoke with Brady from Hummus Capara, we spoke extensively with each other, um, and then we felt all of the things that we talked about, you know, while we were doing that, it was, it was just, it's like, it, it seems like it fell into place, because you and I went into it so haphazardly, like, let's just do this broad-ranging music podcast about how it feels to be a human. Yeah. And I don't really know how to boil it down further than that. So, okay, let's go. Like, if somebody told you to go make that show, I don't, I think we could tell people to make that show and it would be different every time it came back, which is really cool. But I think it also speaks to the universality of those three things. And I think that's been really well illustrated in this episode in particular, better than it has in our last two. But it's, you know, part of it is we're hitting our groove and part of it is, I think you and I are just now starting to understand the scope of this project. Like we, we went into it going, Hey, this would be a fun thing to do. And now it's turned into like, this affects my yeah. days. I was just going to say, you know? it, it, yeah. it not only affects our days, but look at how it's affecting other people in a positive way, which really is the most yeah. meaningful part to me. Like more than anything, yeah. I love giving back to people and especially my friends. Cause my friends have always been like, my support system so it's like yeah let's let's do this this is exciting and it's it seems so perfect because it's it i feel like you and i in particular throughout our friendship have always had sort of a fly by the seat of our pants (laughs) we are gonna do what feels correct in the moment and trust that it will work out you know and so far for you and I, it really has. We've, I mean, we've, we've had some experiences that we probably don't want to share on a music podcast, but 
it's it's for you and I, everything has always done that. Yes. It just it just works. And that goes back you know, to like, the trust, oh, right? We've always been able yeah. to trust each other. Exactly. And so it's like that we used to we used to tell other people just act accordingly. <laughs> Why can't you just act accordingly? Like and and that was because you and I have the same level of why don't people just do what they're supposed to do when they're in the situations yeah. they're in, yeah. <laughs> like societally, <laughs> you know. And both of both you and I understand what the other person means by that. Yeah. So it you develop this shorthand and things just start clicking and falling into place and just flowing. And it's I mean, I'm going to tie it all back in again. That's how you write music. Yeah. You know, you take your emotions, you apply some time to it. And that's that's music right there. So this is a podcast, but it's it's the same process as music. And I think that I am benefiting hugely from having your musical self here. Thank you. Because it it gives me your thank you gives me a structure and (laughs) a I don't know what the word is. This like this is the other part I brought you for was the the vocabulary musically, but it gives me the instruments. Mm right to to play what i'm feeling and it and it it's it's so valuable to me personally and i hope and i i do believe and i, I trust that some of the people listening are going to get some of this n- maybe not the same feeling you know of personal connection but like just that understanding that other people out there know what you're going yes. through they're doing some research to figure out how to help you get through it. And um, they sort of assume everything will end up being okay. And it does for them. Yeah. So maybe it could for me, you know. So I, d- I don't honestly think I have anything else that I could add. I'm I'm on a whole new high yeah. of excitement. And I have to I say, I like came <laughs> into like this podcast and it. I was like stressed about my day. And I was, I'm sure you could tell I was a little <laughs> tense. And now I'm just like happy as a clam, you know. And like that's what this does to me. It like, it's just, just connect with your people, people. That's all I have to say. Do it. Just reach out. Do it. Connect to your people. You're not alone. We love you. Even if we don't know you, you're a human. You exist. So we love you. Just act accordingly. And the best way for you to act accordingly and get a hold of us and help us make the rest of Seasons Within going forward is to follow us on Instagram at Seasons Within Podcast, or you can email us at seasonswithinpodcast at gmail.com. We also have a voice line. It's not open right now because, like I said, we're working on what's coming next for Seasons Within, and as soon as that is available, we're going to let you know, probably on the Instagram. Um, I don't know, honestly. I mean, obviously, thank you so much to Travis Birch, who is not in the room, and thank you so much to Allison Wheeler, who I feel may still be a little bit in my room, like left over in the air. Um, And thank you, obviously, again, to you, Bree, just like every other time. I mean, we, you know, this isn't, this isn't the the only show that I do, but I would say that this is the show that I do the best. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the right word. It's the show that I do with the most of my heart. You feel the most connected to, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And it means the most to me. Um, so, you know, like you were saying, our schedules are hectic and we don't have more than 15 <laughs> or 20 minutes to put together our plan ahead of time. But I think 
I think it's a testament to the true value of human connection yes. that this comes together as well as it does anyway. So if you don't have anything else to say, I think we should go ahead and let people get back to their seasons. Yes. Check out Allison Wheeler. Check out her music, her new album, EP coming up. She is so talented. I cannot even tell you. You will not be disappointed. All of these links will be in the show notes. We've got you covered. This has been Seasons Within. I'm Jesse Bailey. I'm Brianna Myers. Thank you guys for spending part of your season with us. Seasons Within was created by Jesse Bailey with Brianna Myers. Special thanks to Mark Cohen and Josh Matson. Vivaldi was brought to life by the Wichita State University Chamber Players, conducted by Robert Terriziani, with violin by John Harrison via Wikimedia. The music you're hearing now is called Wooden Triptych by Bryce Craig, with Brianna Myers on marimba. Seasons Within is distributed by the Twist My Arm Network. Visit twistmyarmpodcast.com to find more shows from the network or to get in touch. You can also follow us on Instagram at Seasons Within Podcast. I'm Jesse Bailey. Thanks for spending part of your season with us.